0: Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great
1: podcast. Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people?
2: (laughs) Yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to The Brian
0: Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network.
2: Today I am joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kibbe. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show.
1: Hey Brian, it's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does and and this is how we win the future.
0: The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about
2: Alright, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, another fantastic episode in store for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, the episode we had that aired on Tuesday where I had Matt on. If you didn't get the chance to listen to that, please head over to briannicholsshow.com. Download that interview. It's an absolutely fantastic conversation with Matt. Matt is doing a lot of great stuff over at Free the People. Um, The the just the the wealth of knowledge and and the ability for him to convey libertarian ideals through through storytelling and just to make people feel that emotional pull towards libertarianism it's absolutely necessary for us to learn what he's doing and to kind of practice what he's preaching because that's how you win hearts and minds but today talking about winning hearts and minds i'm going to have somebody on who a lot of you in the weird libertarians network will will be familiar with but we'll get there in a second but she is um, currently the AFF chair over in Indianapolis. Uh, she's a, a research staff slash contributor for AIER, which is the American Institute for Economic Research. Uh, she's a writer, digital marketer. Uh, her work's been published on Fox News, Fee, USA Today, CNN Money, Wired. She's absolutely a fantastic guest to, to, to go ahead and follow. You can follow her on Twitter at Chloe Anagnos. Chloe, welcome to The Brian Nichols Show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, friend. How are
2: you? I'm doing well. It's it, it's really funny because, like, I didn't realize, so I myself, I'm actually the vice chair for the Philadelphia America's Future Foundation chapter. So for those of you who aren't aware, America's Future Foundation, AF, A-F-F, is one of the, I dare say, best nonprofit uh, organizations in libertarian slash just conservatarian uh, spheres of influence in terms of actually reaching out to uh, what we'll say like ages 25 to 35 um demographics and bringing them in to learn more about liberty to, to talk about these issues and really get people engaged and here we are you know we're we're meeting at um the aff chapter retreat back in april uh in in detroit michigan and i'm like wait chloe and agnos like from like we are libertarians she's like yeah. I was like, wait, I'm Brian Nichols. Like, I've been on the show. She's like, oh my god. And and then we we kind of like came to the aha moment that here we are both in part of America's Future Foundation with a connection of we are libertarians. And then another fun story I forgot to mention. Uh, so I had Hannah Vogel um, on my show and she is uh, the, the, the chair of president for um, conservatives concerned about the death penalty. And I didn't realize at, until after the show that Hannah... I forget the chapter. I think it's Tennessee. She's the, the chair for the Tennessee AFF chapter. And at the end of it, I was like, wait, Hannah, weren't you at the Detroit retreat as well? And she's like, <laughs> wait, yeah, you're from Philly, right? I'm like, oh, my gosh. So it was just um, it's funny how uh, how AF had this ability to bring us a little bit together. But with that, first of all, Chloe, thank you so much for taking some time to, to join the show. And uh, before we dig into AF, just for those of you who aren't aware on my network of who you are, if you could give us a little introduction beyond the bio that I, I laid out here at the start of the show.
1: Yeah, so I am a Hoosier native. Uh, I bounce back and forth a lot between the South Bend and Indianapolis areas, travel a lot. Um, I've been in digital marketing for the last three, four years now, which is super fun. Um, a lot of the work that I do uh, for you know just my nine to five is fundraising for political campaigns, nonprofits, corporations, any type of grassroots movement, really. Um, and then on the side, I guess you could say, you know, my my side hustle, I love to write. I love to write about policy. Um, and I'm fortunate to be able to do that a lot for a lot of different organizations and think tanks across the country.
2: And you're never, like, you know, you're never busy, right?
1: No, ever. never, <laughs> never, never, ever. You know, it's so, it's so funny because, because, um, when I tell people like, yeah, you know, I run like the aft chapter and I write, um, you know, I've been published in like fee and AIR and my work's been the subject of like articles in Fox They're so, like, oh my gosh, you must be like so busy. And I'm like, no, I'm just really good at time management. Like I have a life, you know, I, I, uh. <laughs> I, I enjoy traveling and I have a dog and, you know, I'm a normal person, um, but I really get a lot done before noon. Let's put it that way.
2: <laughs> are, are, are we libertarians really ever normal people, though? Let's be honest.
1: Um, You know, I think we are. I think we're just a lot more in <laughs> tune with what's really going on. So when it like we can't make small talk at like mixers or anything or the HOA. Uh, meetings right like it's always medium talk it, and it always is oh well this is how the government is taking over our lives and this is how they're doing stuff right mm-hmm. uh, so yeah we're, we're all about the medium talk and the big talk not the small talk not at all Amen.
2: <laughs> oh, um and and let's start off because I think one of the things I want to discuss today and it's something that I'm passionate about you're passionate about is AFF um, Absolutely. It's, it's an organization to start off that I think a lot of libertarians should be a part of um, beyond the spheres of the libertarian uh, National Committee libertarian Party and then the regional location or the, the regional chapters for for the libertarian Party but also um, outside the realms of our, our Facebook groups. you know I think libertarians in general get too stuck in the mindset that Facebook or the internet is real life when it's really not and the way to win hearts and minds over is to actually be there in in person with people to actually have conversations and to try to convince them not through you know trolling them and and memeing them to death on, on social media but that to actually talk about the issues that they care about that are that are real to them so um i know over in philly we've been doing a lot right now um looking forward into the end of uh the year talking about Occupational Licensing. I'm going to be having Shoshana Weissman not only on my show to discuss this, but she'll be coming up from D.C. to uh, to do a speech here in Philadelphia. So, to start off, you've actually been in AFF longer than I have. So, I wanted you to be able to give a plug to AFF and your experience in the organization, but then also, if you could, talk about what's going on in, in, in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, a lot of the, the listeners here are from Indianapolis themselves, so I think it'd be great for them, if they're not already a part of AFF. to to hear about what you're doing, and then really to get involved.
1: Right. So the big thing that I always tell people about AF is that we are a non, and I think this is really important for people to understand, is that we're a nonpartisan, nonprofit networking organization. We're happy to talk about politics, and we're happy to get into the nitty gritty, but I feel, at least in my chapter, we're a lot more policy-based. And I feel like for especially people who maybe are involved in politics, on the state, national, local level, it asks really the place to kind of get away and talk about the issues instead of the people who are making the policies who are trying to enact change. And we look more towards the free market, other organizations and other leaders in the community to do so. So for example, a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, um, In Indianapolis, we've hosted a lot of panels about topics that are important in Indianapolis, in Indiana, and across the Midwest. Um, We have mixers. um, And I know that sounds like super outdated and lame, but we had a wine tasting um, in April that was really fun. And no strings attached, come hang out, get to meet your neighbors, get to meet other young professionals in the city who are like-minded. And uh, we actually have a really fun Event coming up um, that is a little bit policy based, but more so fun, um, and you can steal this idea if you want, Brian. But we are doing axe the tax on Tax Day in April at a My place birthday. where you can do like bad uh, your birthday. Okay, mm, so you mm-hmm. have to come. I'm like all, we'll we'll figure this out. You have to totally. You have to show. You have to show up. It's gonna be great. <laughs> We're gonna do bad, bad axe throwing, and um, I'm giving people who come part of the indiana tax code so they can like literally it. and we're gonna have beer wine snacks um and it's gonna be a really good time but to me it's more about just the fellowship and having friends and having a place where you can discuss big ideas once a quarter and also go to the movies have a close-knit group of friends, you know, meet new people. Um, And I think Cindy Circatella, who's our new um, executive director at AF, she really hit the, uh, the nail on the head at our chapter retreat and talked about the loneliness that a lot of people feel in our communities. And I think that goes back to your point about, you know, being armchair warriors, and just sitting behind, you know, Facebook or the internet and memeing people to death. And it's like, you know, if you have a friend who maybe is interested in getting involved and they don't know where to start or they're bothered by something in the community, bring them to AF. Um, and it's not like we're going to turn them into anarchists or anything over 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 you know over time. <laughs> um, but it's just it's just the place to sit and actually have a conversation and get to know people instead of trying to do so on the Internet.
2: And it's real. I mean, it's real people within your right. community who are like minded or at the very least, if they're not like minded already it's a chance for them to kind of get a real perspective into what it is that just small government libertarian or just liberty oriented folks believe. Um, because the, the reality of the situation for just the larger Liberty movement is that it, it comes across very, you know, almost Dungeons and Dragons-y. And I don't want to sound like, you know, too insulting to some folks, but like Chris Spangle from the We Are Libertarians network uses the term Liberty LARPers. And I love, I think that's a perfect example or the perfect uh, analogy, because that's how a lot of us act on social media. It really alienates a lot of people. Yeah, you can call them normies, you can call them, you know, statists, but what are you actually accomplishing when you do that? Whereas AF is a real chance for people to come together and actually talk about real issues that are impacting their their communities. So not only is it a chance for us to teach what, we're, what we believe, but then to show how it's going to impact their individual lives, and that's something that's missing in that online communication. I think that's a very important role that the AF plays, and for these local communities. So, for example, uh, for example, you out in Indianapolis and me here in Philadelphia, I know we try to tailor it towards issues that are impacting the communities that we're in. So, let's let's kind of dig into Indianapolis right now with the AF chapter. I know we we kind of talked before we started the show about some of the things you're doing, but let's uh, talk about some of the main hot-button issues to the audience and kind of let them know uh, what you guys are focusing on and then how people can get involved down the road if uh, they're interested. Enjoying today's episode? Take a second
0: to share today's episode with family and friends on social media. Want to do even more? Swing over to iTunes and give The Brian Nichols Show a rate and review.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think at least what we do at My Chapter, we focus on – three kind of different tiers when it comes to hosting panels or events. Um, the the big three that we really focus on are occupational licensing, free speech, and um, the opioid epidemic or other um, personal freedom issues that happen in Indiana and around our state's capital. Um, the big ones that we've had, and I don't, you might know this because you're a policy nerd like I am. Um, but Indiana actually had um, um, Sunday sales up until February of this year, meaning that you couldn't buy alcohol at the grocery store on Sundays. Not beer, not wine, not liquor. If you Mm -hmm. wanted to buy alcohol, you had to go to an actual liquor store, which they're kind of few and far between. Or you could go to a restaurant and get like a glass of wine. But if you want to get like a case of Natty Light, you're not going to get it. Sorry.
2: I mean, you shouldn't Um, anyways, because it's Natty Light.
1: Yeah, because it's Natty Light, and it's drunk, <laughs> so you shouldn't drink that. But, you know, for, just for an example. Um, so that's a lot of the stuff that we've been focusing on. A big debate that's going on right now in Indiana is medicinal cannabis. Um, and we actually just got a summer study session passed um, for that to happen this upcoming summer, uh, which is kind of silly because it's like saying, okay, we understand that this is something that people want, so we'll vote to spend more money to get more legislators here in in the summer to figure out if it's good enough for them or not. Um, Which is, I I mean, it's just kind of backwards to me. Uh, But we hosted probably what has been my favorite event so far. Um, It was called, Is It Time to Let the Market Solve the Opioid Epidemic? Mm -hmm. Um, We had myself acting as a a panelist. Um, I took off my af cap for that night we had Jason straw who is a veteran um, and he's actually running for sheriff in Hamilton County. And then we had uh Tim McGuire. If you know, Tim, he is the chair of the libertarian party in Indiana. Um, so the three of us sat, um, we had a good size um, or we had a good room that came out. We had about 25 people. Um, but a- again, you know, this is a really big issue that's happening in Indiana across the Midwest, across the country that not a lot of people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so For us to only have, you know, 25 people in a bar that can hold 70, um, you know, I don't know what that says. If maybe people recognize that it's going on, maybe they want to ignore it. Maybe they're not sure how to start, where to start. Um, And I get it because I was one of those people, too, um, until I had a family member, unfortunately, who passed away um, from an overdose and have known tons and tons of other people who maybe they're recovering or maybe they've succumbed to the disease because ultimately uh-huh. it is a disease and we're not treating it as such. Absolutely, um, Right. So that's, that's a really big thing, um, that we are trying, trying to facilitate. Um, because again, I don't really know if people are receptive to the message because it is kind of uncomfortable to talk about. Uh, but one of my really big goals, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it out loud because then, you know, hopefully it'll come true and, some internet warriors will hold me accountable. (laughs) Um, We're working to get some type of needle exchange um, in Marion County, which is where Indianapolis is. Um, Southern Indiana right now has a really big issue um, with an HIV and hepatitis epidemic because people are using drugs and they're sharing needles. Um, And so that's one of the unintended consequences. Um, But when there was a needle exchange, that was proposed for, I can't remember what county it was in Southern Indiana. I remember a lot of locals and like local government officials were like, oh, well, if we have a needle exchange, you know, people are just going to come and they're going to get more needles and it's going to look like we're, we're saying that you can do drugs and that we're okay with it. And it's like, no, you're saying that, okay, if you're going to do it anyway, you know, it's your life. Go for it, I guess. But we don't want you to get some type of chronic disease that could hurt you Mm -hmm. or your loved ones. Um, So that's something that I think is really important. I'm I'm still kind of trying to massage that idea out. uh, But I think that having something in our state capital, I mean, we're one of the biggest cities in the Midwest, would be really would be really great. Um, and it would help people with one of those unintended consequences of this epidemic.
2: For sure. I mean, a lot of the people who listen to this this show are, I would dare say, that conservatarian kind of mindset where they want to be libertarian, but they started out conservative. So it's hard for them to make that, that big step. And right. so my Philly chapter for AF, we actually had a, a panel about this as well. Um, we had Ed Krayski on. Um, he was formerly of a Reason magazine. And Ed approached it in a the approach it being the the opioid epidemic from a free market perspective. And a lot of people who attended the event were, I would say, of the conservative mindset. And there was a lot of a lot of pushback because, like you, you kind of mentioned here, it almost comes across as endorsing the behavior but it's not like it's not a matter of endorsing the behavior it's saying the behavior is going to happen either through our allowing it to happen or otherwise i mean it's already happening it's illegal so why make it a point to make it more dangerous and less safe for people to do it And actually lead to more externalities down the road that are extremely negative, not only for the individual, but as you mentioned, their loved ones, their, their community. So to actually look at this issue and try to diagnose it through a free market approach, I think it's, it's, I don't say it's radical, but it's just, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around because it almost again comes across as if you're, you're tacitly endorsing it, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, especially in a place like Indiana, that is very red, very conservative. Um, I mean, I grew up and I'm not quite sure if you had the the same programs, but I'm sure a lot of listeners will, uh, will flash back to the sixth grade with me, but we had the D.A.R.E. classes, Oh yeah, you know, don't do drugs, don't. Don't do alcohol, uh you know, don't drink <laughs> alcohol, don't engage in any type of risky behaviors that could hurt yourself. Do you think but
2: doing alcohol is cool, Chloe?
1: Do you think doing alcohol is cool? <laughs> oh my gosh, you had to get that office reference in there. I knew it. Um I knew it. I knew it. Um but, but you know, I don't I don't endorse <laughs> doing any type of hard substance. I don't endorse doing anything like that. Um but at the same time, I understand that if you're an adult, you know, you're your own person. If you want to make those decisions, that's fine. But you, there's going to be consequences of it. And, you know, whether you're in some type of deep funk, depression, you know, you're trying to get help in any way that you can, um, you know, you can at least, hey, you know, if you want to get high, go for it. But at the same time, you know, you, you really need to protect yourself in the long run. And I think that's mm-hmm. what um, having a Having a clean needle exchange in, in Indianapolis would 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 definitely help, um, and I think it would be great throughout the rest of the state. But again, you know, in more conservative counties, I don't think it's going to be a possibility—at least not now.
2: Mm-hmm. It, it, well, it. This is the thing about the the opioid epidemic is that it knows no race, it knows no socioeconomic background, it really impacts. Anyone and everyone. Um, I mean, I'm from upstate New York originally, and we're having ourselves a terrible opioid epidemic. And a lot of the issues are related to pain pills. And then that, that beginning, that, that tipping off point leads down the road to abusing either opioids or, or, you know, some other similar drug, usually, you know, heroin or, or or the likes. And it's, it's shocking. Because you see people who you would never have suspected. I mean, I'm so to put it in geographic perspective, I'm a, a stone throw away from Fort Drum, New York, which is one of the largest military bases in, in continental United States. So we have a lot of veterans who are up there who gone through whatever physical ailment through their PT, through their being overseas. And then they come back to the States and they're either you know given a, a handful of pills and said, all right, good luck. Or, you know, I was, when I was up there working, I was the public relations director for a uh, physical therapy uh, company that we had three locations. One being right at the base entrance of uh, Fort Drum. And we were trying to use that as an alternative to the the opioids or the various drugs that were being given to these veterans. But, I mean, you also brought up a really um, important point, and that is mental health. Uh, I think there is a, a definite stigma in America with mental health, depression especially. I don't want to dig into the whole Kavanaugh thing, but you, you saw how people reacted to to Kavanaugh showing emotion on the stage, um, You know, getting like, oh, he shouldn't be showing emotion, uh, he shouldn't be getting angry, that kind of stuff. But it's like, this kind of stuff, whether it's the the Kavanaugh, or whether it's um, anxiety, depression, um, whatever the, the mental ailment may be, it's a real thing, and we have to be able to talk about it in a manner that's not going to be stigmatizing because then once we stigmatize it just like we've done with the opioid epidemic it gets to the point that it's almost impossible to to fix things because it's got that stigma around it and nobody wants to talk about it it's almost like kind of taboo you know
0: want to support the brian nichols show please consider making a one-time paypal donation at the brian nichols show at gmail.com or join the patreon at b
1: Right, and I think one of the the big points um, in tackling this problem is understanding the magnitude. So it's not just a problem of oh, people are getting hooked on prescription pain pills, their prescription runs out, so they're going to go to the black market to get something like heroin that could potentially be laced with fentanyl. No, the issue is that not only do we have, I want to say we have an opioid epidemic in the country, along with a mental health epidemic, because people at least in the United States, have an insatiable hunger for pills. Oh, this Mm. hurts. Here's a prescription for it. Oh, that hurts. Well, instead of acupuncture, because your um, insurance won't cover it, uh, you know, you should take Oxycontin instead. Um, You know, those are the kinds of things that are happening in the United States that don't happen in other countries, especially in Europe, um, especially in parts of, Mm -hmm. I want to say, maybe Latin America, Northern Africa. Um, so instead of trying to find a holistic approach, you know, doing yoga, exercising, eating better, we just prescribe, prescribe, prescribe and prescribe. And that is a part of our culture that I would hope would go away. But then we've got this issue with healthcare and insurance. And for some people, if insurance won't cover, you know, you know, insurance. isn't going to cover yoga. It's not going to cover new running shoes for me. These are real expenses, um, ultimately that are better for your health, but we are so dependent on having really good health insurance. Um, at least from what I've noticed from a lot of Americans in other countries, I think it's a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it's, you know, okay, well if I can just get a quick fix, to help whatever issue I've got health wise that's going on, they're going to take it. Well, it seems like a lot um, of our,
2: our our healthcare is it's reactive. It's not it's not preventative care. It's oh, I now I have this issue and now I need healthcare to cover it and fix it. It's not even healthcare. It's it's just it it's just taking care of whatever ailment's already there instead of trying to prevent it in the first place. It, exactly. It's, it's very frustrating because my my professional career used to be in the health industry. Um, and to see how, to see how like the idea of insurance covering a gym membership, or the idea of insurance uh, covering uh, you know, proactive therapy sessions, things like that, is one of those things where it's like, oh, no, no, we're, that's that's not something we're going to cover. That's something you can cover on your own. That's out of pocket expenses. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to make sure that you get to the point that you go to the, the the hospital, and then we're going to be able to you know bill you thousands and thousands of dollars for things that could have been prevented by covering a $20 gym membership. I mean obesity. So my one of my biggest passions is is fitness and obesity is going to be if not already is the leading cause of death in America. Heart disease, diabetes, um good on the list of associated diseases from obesity and it's easily the number one killer. Absolutely. And, and 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 to to see how it's so hard just to get some some companies to cover gym memberships. I mean, that's that's almost like a perk to see a, a company cover gym memberships, but it's almost like a, a given your company's almost always going to have your, your health insurance. So I think if we can change the mindset of how we approach healthcare, that's going to be a, a huge first step, number one. But number two, then we had to really look at, look at the healthcare system because the way it is currently set up, it incentivizes people to to not take care of themselves, and, and like you said, to take that magic pill, to to go see the doctor, to get this prescription or the, to get this um, procedure done, and, and the list goes on. It's just it's very frustrating to to see how our country, in particular, approaches healthcare.
1: It is, and you know, Brian. I think one of the things that I've kind of noticed. So I, I don't have kids, but I have a lot of um, friends who are new mothers, they're about to be new mothers, maybe they've just had a baby. And a lot of them, I've noticed, really start taking care of their health as soon as they start eating for two. And if you think about it, it's called prenatal care, and it's preventative care before you have a child, right? Why are women especially because you know, we run around like crazy and um, are more susceptible to things like heart disease and heart related issues. Why do we take care or take better care of ourselves when you're automatically, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm pregnant. So I need to go ahead and take care of myself better because you're, you're not only taking care of your health, but you're taking care of your future child's health. And I think that's very interesting Mm -hmm. that, you know, you, and of course, mothers, fathers, whomever, you're always going to think of your child first. But why aren't we doing that ahead of time? Why are we Why are we not doing that before we decide to start families? Um, and so that's something I've just noticed as you know I've gotten older and as uh, my friends have started their own families, you know. Um, so that's that's a, a question I'd like to pose, I guess, to to listeners, to fellow Americans, um, and, and and really would just try to say, hey, you know, take care of yourself, and you're going to be better off in the long run.
2: This month, The Brian Nichols Show is sponsored by Stay Away From Libertarians, written by friend of The Brian Nichols Show, Remzo Martinez. In Stay Away From Libertarians, Martinez leads us on a journey through the many myths surrounding libertarianism, explores a libertarian worldview, and debunks these preconceived notions one by one in a humorous but thorough manner. Stay Away From Libertarians has received rave reviews from Low Conservative, The Daily Wire, Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, The Lions of Liberty, and of course, yours truly, Brian Nichols here from The Brian Nichols Show. Get your copy today by visiting rwmartinez.com forward slash book. Again, rwmartinez.com forward slash book. Don't miss out on this masterpiece by Remzo Martinez. rwmartinez.com forward slash book. I agree 100%. I mean, I myself... I actually used to, to weigh 385 pounds. So like, I was a really, really, really big dude. And a part of it was because I didn't see the need to take care of myself. I was like, oh, you know, I'm 17 years old. I'm, I'm invincible. Yeah. I'm, I'm fat and overweight. And then it was literally like when the doctor at, at home's like, Brian, if you don't lose weight, uh, you're going to die. And I was like, huh that's it, it, then that was like it, it got real like okay I, if i don't lose weight i'm going to die and this means i need to do something now to to, to try and fix this so i went on this this weight loss journey i ended up losing uh, 180 pounds got down to 200 pounds uh what well, 205 and then i started doing weightlifting and you know just just trying to better myself to, to not be on the verge of death essentially, um, but i never would have done that until like I got hit in the face with this reality. And a part of it, I think also just based on where I was from, the, the idea of, of going out, being active, unless you were in sports, nobody really did that. I mean, there's, I, I think maybe two gyms in like a 30 square mile area up where I'm from. Um, so like there's no fitness culture, there's no healthy culture. Um, even here I am in in Philadelphia and you see corner stores where all they sell is processed foods. Um, I mean, they're called food deserts because there isn't healthy alternatives. So, I mean, it's it's not I, I don't say it's it's unique to any particular region of America. It really is societal where we haven't taken this embracing approach to healthy lifestyles, to not only taking care of ourselves proactively, but then also trying to create free market solutions that are going to be able to to help change the the overall outcomes. Um, so, I guess I would be curious because obviously, with your writing over at AIER, uh, maybe you you covered a little bit. Of this. So, what would you say, Chloe, would be a, a free market approach to trying to solve not just like you know the the obesity epidemic, but also the various issues we talked about, like the opioid crisis or Um, you know, the, you gotta go down the list really with any health crisis we're facing in America.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that a a big part of solving this crisis is one, checking in on your friends, um, checking in on people who may be struggling. Maybe they've lost a loved one and, and really being an advocate, not only for your own mental health, but being an advocate for those around you as well. Um, I personally had family members who, you know, they fell into dark holes, got into using drugs um, and lost one of them. Um, His sister is now doing absolutely everything that she can to be a better mother, overcome um, everything that she's gone through and is really coming out on top. And she's definitely championing um, this cause um second i really think that it's important and you know i'm i'm just a writer in indianapolis indiana i don't really have a lot of pull but it's something to pose to the people that we get elected the people who we choose to lead our communities is to talk about locking up our citizens instead of giving them or showing them or pointing them in the direction of the care that they need Um, And ultimately, we are making more criminals out of drug users than we need to be. Um, I mean, we can talk for hours about the overpopulation issues that we have in prisons across the country. Um, But that's that's one huge area that we need to combat right there with our elected officials. Um, And then the the other one that I mentioned is really, really small steps like needle exchanges um, that's something, at least in Indiana, I know it's a little bit difficult, and I have to really delve into into how to get that to happen. Um, but thinking about some of these unintended consequences is really important. Um, I, I wear many hats, um, and I'm actually looking into getting more involved with prison ministry um, here around Indianapolis um, and the Terre Haute area where our largest um, federal prison is. And trying to at least spread some hope and some light in an area that is often just so dark and sad and desolate. Um, there's a really interesting statistic that I think people really need to kind of sit and think about when they think about these types of health, health social and mental crises here in the United States. 90% of people who are in prison are going to to get out they're going to finish a sentence they're going to get paroled and we have to be prepared to re- rehabilitate them and prisons aren't to my in my opinion and to my knowledge aren't doing that very well um so i think one of the big things that we have to look at are private organizations maybe it's prison mil- you know prison ministries prison fellowships that are getting people into prisons that are helping people, I I hate to use, you know, spiritual and emotional journey because that sounds so like puppy dogs and rainbows, right? (laughs) But but we need to we need to walk the walk with our free market principles and get people in tune to the businesses, organizations that will help them on the outside. Because another another really important aspect of this Brian is that when that 90% gets out of prison, the majority of them probably won't find good jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, because unfortunately if you have a federal drug crime or any type of federal charge on your back, it's going to be very hard to get a job. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, there are people out there who have small businesses who are willing to hire people with past convictions, I mean, that's, that's a huge step. And obviously that's, that's asking a lot. Um, but keeping, keeping that part of the population in mind when you make business, uh, charity decisions, um, I think it's really important.
2: Oh, I, I, hundred percent agree, and I think that's so. To kind of summarize, because um, we are getting close on time here, I, I get so frustrated when I see um, those within the greater liberty movement who they they preach all day on social media, on you know, in their in their respective Facebook group, whatever it may be, about free market principles, about individual responsibility. Uh, peace, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And then, when you ask them to actually do something in real life, they they shut down and they don't engage in their their communities to to actually put these principles into action. And it's so frustrating because I think, and in, in this kind of goes back to my interview I had with Matt Kibbe, is when we're able to put a compelling story in front of someone with a liberty message they'll listen and not only will they listen it will help change their minds um that's that's so important for us as a a movement to to be able to do because otherwise we're just preaching to the choir we're we're stuck in our own little echo chambers and and you know we're we're not reaching real people uh, it's it's so important, and obviously with the groups that you know you and I are part of, with with America's Future Foundation, that we actually are able to reach people in in real life, and then to offer free market solutions that will make their lives better by removing the overarching government from their daily lives. Whether it's helping change the the stigmas, helping change the laws, helping. Um, reduce the, the, the burdens and the regulations on communities to bring in new options and healthy alternatives and, and the list goes on. That's what we need to be able to do. So, I mean, Chloe, obviously what you're doing over, not only at, at AF over in Indianapolis, but also for your work as a, a contributor at AIER is, is so vital because you're helping spread the message to these people who they need to hear an alternative to what's been presented and The reason I'm doing this show is because, number one, I think it's important to talk about these issues, but number two, because I think when we are able to approach these solutions with a moral high ground, which I believe strongly that we have in not hurting people and not taking their stuff, once we're able to take that mindset and and actually apply it to the, the very real problems that people face on a daily basis, we win. And that's what it takes, though, is we actually have to do it. We can't just talk about it. We have to, to actually put our words into action. Um, I mean, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about with, like, a, a religious approach. Like, put your faith into action. Put our principles into action. That's that's how we actually will will be victorious and make this, this not only this nation, but this world a better place to live in.
0: Connect with Brian on Twitter and Facebook at B. Nichols liberty, and send your comments and questions to the Brian Nichols Show at gmail.com.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's why organizations like America's Future Foundation are so important is because it gives that platform to say, okay, hey, in October, we're going to have this panel on the opioid epidemic, but in November, we're actually going to volunteer at a homeless shelter. And that's what my app chapter is doing. We had the panel, I think, late August. And as a group, we're, do, um, we're working together uh, to serve a meal at the Wheeler Mission in downtown Indianapolis to to kind of put our money where our mouth is and to just really get out in the community and, you know, serve part of the population that most likely is touched by this by this crisis that we just talked about. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very important. And I would just encourage anyone who, you know, feels like they can't do anything because I think that's where a lot of conserva libertarians get stuck is that we can talk about these issues until we're blue in the face, but then ultimately we feel hope. I I think a lot of people just feel hopeless. They feel really hopeless and they feel like they can't do anything, but we can when we volunteer our time, when we volunteer our treasures, to the organizations and the people who are actually making the difference. And 10 times out of 10, it's not the government. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ain't up the truth. And and folks, if you're, if you're interested in finding your local AF chapter, go over to americasfuture.org. You can find your local chapter, or if there isn't a local chapter, you can learn how to maybe start a chapter. Uh, that's how you really make, uh, a lot of substantive change in the, uh, the society we're in today. But uh, with that being said, Chloe and Agnes, we're at the point in the show where I, uh, I've i taken um, some some guidance from Dear Leader and how we do the show as we conclude, <laughs> and conclude. Uh, and I wanted to give the opportunity for final thoughts. So as uh, we're, we're finishing up the episode, final thoughts from Chloe and Agnes, anything you want to promote on your own. Um, just to to put a nice bow on this episode. And then uh, also let's conclude there with how people can find you on, uh, on social media.
1: Yeah. I I just really encourage people who maybe have felt hopeless, uh, regardless of whatever issue policy issue that it is um, to maybe do a little bit of digging. And like I said, find the charities, find the community leaders, the business leaders who are trying to make a difference and ask how you can join, ask how you can be helpful. Um, I'm, I'm sure nine times out of 10, most people would be so receptive and would say, yes, join us. This is what we're doing. This is how you can get involved. Um, if people are interested, like you said, Brian, uh, AF is wonderful. Please get involved. Please start a chapter in your state. Um, americasfuture.org is the place to do it. If people are interested in, I mean, just talking to me more about the crisis that we've got going on in Indiana, um, they can contact me through my americasfuture.org email. And it's just Chloe, C-H-L-O-E, at americasfuture.org. Um, would love to get connected with other people who um, are like-minded in this movement, or even if they have speaker ideas, um, I'm always looking for people to speak on panels um, as, as we're trying to plan our events for 2019. Um, and then people can just follow me on Twitter too, at Chloe and Agnos. I know it's a mouthful, but I'm sure if they go, if they go to your page, they, they will find me. I have a very obnoxious Greek name, um, <laughs> but I'm on there. And, and, on the
2: and say everything um, that we discussed today for the links will obviously be included in the show notes, so folks can go ahead not only and uh, find their local AF chapter through the links, but also find you, Chloe, because uh, if they haven't figured it out today, you are a wealth uh, of knowledge and, uh, and wisdom, and obviously you have a lot of great things coming down the pike here as we finish up 2018, personally, professionally. And, uh, going into 2019, but I cannot thank you enough, not only for joining my show today, but also taking the, uh, the time out of your daily schedule, uh, to, to do what you're doing over in Indianapolis with your AF chapters. So for that, I say, thank you so much. Um, and, and yes, folks, if you're interested in learning more about Chloe, it's at Chloe Anagnos, uh, A-N-A-G-N-O-S, Anagnos, the fun last name, Greek last name, correct?
1: It is. It was an Agnostopolis before we changed it Oh, that's in the 50s. That's, so, that's back. Come on. An Yeah, just like 17 letters. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, but Brian, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I just challenge everyone out there to be the change, um, whether that's through your personal, professional life. You know, if there's a way to have those two worlds merge, that's what I've been able to do. Um, and just, you know, keep on trucking along.
2: Oh, Amen. Well, Chloe, thank you so much again for taking time to join me today. And uh, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, please again feel free to swing over to iTunes, give a, la- a like and review, and then uh, share this episode. This is a very important episode. It's funny; I always finish the episodes, and I'm like, "Huh, that felt like a really important episode to have." So, I think that's one of these. This is one of those episodes that's a very important episode. Um, so, yes, share with your family and friends. Uh, and as always, if you're interested, follow me on Twitter at bNicholsliberty. Um, but also on Facebook. And if you're interested, uh, please feel free to make a one-time PayPal donation to The Brian Nichols Show so we can keep on producing this content you enjoy. Uh, you can find me uh, on PayPal at the Show at gmail.com. But uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us uh, again this week for a special two-episode week. Uh, but with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off here in The Brian Nichols Show for Chloe and Agnos. We'll see you next week.